Good morning, and how are you? Welcome to it. It is the Thursday edition of the Michael Duke Show, broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator and around the world at MichaelDukeShow.com on the Internet. Hey, how are you? How's, how's it going? Well, I, yeah, I, yeah, I know. Just It's just like, you know, one day on, one day off. Uh, no Facebook today uh, for the simulcast. If you're looking for the chat room today, it's going to be over on YouTube because, uh, yeah, they can't, they just can't, they can't get their poop in a group. So it is, it's going to be what it is. But here we are today, jumping into it uh, Thursday, one day until Firearms Friday. Oh, oh man, it's got to be fun stuff. Um all right, so what do we got going on this morning? Well, we're going to be diving into it and talking about some headlines uh, from around the state. We'll talk some political stuff. We'll talk about some of the shenanigans, absolute shenanigans, that are going on uh, at the uh, Anchorage Assembly, which ought to be pretty darn interesting for you guys. I just got to say, there's some, I mean... Machiavellian is probably the best word to describe what's going on in the Anchorage Assembly right now. I mean, it's just like like sands through the hourglass. So are the days of our lives. That's kind of how it feels like right now. It is like a total soap opera. Uh, and that's, uh, that's, that's going to be one of our big stories today. We're also going to talk about um, what's going on in the legislature or not going on in the legislature due to COVID. Uh, we'll talk about cyber attacks, um, all kinds of political stuff. We'll open up the phone lines probably in uh, hour one uh, to be uh, 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 to be fair. We'll probably talk a little bit about that in hour one. And we're also going to talk about some what if stuff. Um, because I've really enjoyed some discussions on that here over the last, uh, I guess, couple weeks or I guess couple months. We've we've delved into that a little bit and we've talked a little bit about some of the basic ideas of preparedness that you guys need to, you know, think about and have, um, you know, and have available to you. Because uh, in case you in case you hadn't missed it, in case you hadn't caught it, Alaska will try to kill you. I mean, that's just kind of how it works. It's kind of how it works. Alaska, yep, it will attempt to kill you at every opportunity if you're not if you're not careful. And quite honestly, um, you know, it's just that's just kind of the way it is. You got to be you got to be ready for anything. Um, that's uh, that's what's going on here, uh, and is kind of interesting to uh, kind of interesting to watch uh, on a daily basis, but. We'll be diving into that and talking about all that as well this morning. Um, some new, some new stuff, uh, uh, some new stuff coming out from the state 
agencies. Just reminding us, since we just went uh, uh, since we just went through this in the Matsu and everything else with the wind storms and everything else, and up in Fairbanks with the you know the blowing snow and the ice uh, uh, and everything else. Just just some reminders. Um, so go check it out. Uh, that's that's what we're going to talk about here this morning. <clears throat> All right. So, uh, oh no, that wasn't right, was it? That was not right. You know, you got to make at least I got to make at least one mistake a day, um, at least to uh, to be human. That's just kind of how it is, and I definitely succeed in that every uh, every day. All right. Well. Let's uh, let's see what else is uh, is going on. I guess we'll dive in. Oh, in hour two, I forgot to tell you the biggest thing, man. I just sometimes uh, in hour two, we are going to talk with Seuss Edmondson and Vance Cook um, with uh, with Bivy. Now, Bivy's are <clears throat> is the latest sponsor here on the program uh, across the state of Alaska. And one of the things I found fascinating is that uh, uh, is that Vance Cook, the founder of Bivy. Um, is kind of a renaissance man, but he has spent some time here in Alaska, and part of the reason why he developed Bivy was due to his experiences on Mount McKinley and Mount Everest, or I guess Mount Denali, for those of you who, who I guess, so Denali and Everest and everything else. Um, and that was one of the reasons why he, uh, um, you know, and that's one of the reasons why he developed Bivy, and he's going to talk with us about that here in hour two, and we will tie it back to kind of our what if segment because uh, I think it's in, I think all that stuff's important. All in stay. I mean, it's, you got, with preparedness, you got to think about everything. And, and quite honestly, I'm, I'm kind of excited about the, the little doodad here. So we're, we're going to talk. I actually have a bivy in my hand. I got a bivy stick in my hand, and I'm kind of excited about it. So we're going to, we're going to talk about all that and, uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll go through that here with, uh, with Seuss, Edsman, Ed, Seuss Edmondson and, uh, and Vance Cook. We're going to talk about that here in just a bit. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, I guess that means now is the time to jump into the headlines. All right. So, we'll, we'll do that. Let's, let's go over here. So, the big news, of course, uh, not a huge surprise. The state house is still not getting anything done. Uh, now they have canceled uh, the floor session yesterday, uh, and I guess for the foreseeable next couple of days, after a state legislator tested positive for COVID, and the hired contractors uh, were unable to finish the contact tracing in time, at least two me- at least two members of the uh, House have confirmed uh, to be cases of COVID, with a third unconfirmed, and there are several other cases. Amongst legislative staff, a staff, it was determined uh, roughly that half of the members of the House were close contacts to a positive case, and it's still being determined who has to quarantine based on their status, their vaccination status. It meant that they were unable to consider all that action against Representative David Eastman. That action is at least on hold until tomorrow. And so they will see what goes on. I did. I did have to say I got an interesting uh, email <clears throat> from. Um, uh, let's see, uh, Jeff. Jeff sent this perfect email. Uh, somebody named Jeff. Uh, no, not the Jeff and Homer. This is uh, somebody else. Uh, he was talking about this because I was talking about how weird it was that you know 
Eastman joined Oath Keepers a dozen years ago, and uh, I thought it was, I thought it was a little ridiculous that they were trying to hold Eastman responsible for the actions of a group he joined a dozen years ago. Um, and other people have compared it to the NRA and some other organizations where maybe things that were done that they weren't, they'd become a member of the group, but they weren't excited about or they weren't, um, they weren't really endorsing those ideas. Maybe the ideals of the group has changed. And Jeff said, in regards to Eastman joining the Oath Keepers 12 years ago, it would be much the same as joining the Democratic Party 12 years ago and then waking up today and finding out that they approve of BLM riots and defunding the, and defunding the police. Well, it's true. 12 years ago, that would not have been in the mainstream lexicon of those, of that party either. Those not that would not have been, you know, part of the prevalence of that party. So those things can uh, you know, those things can happen. Oh man. So anyway, I thought that was an interesting email and I appreciate Jeff sending that on to me and talking about it, but yeah, that that's a uh, that's the first thing that kind of popped up in my mind. But anyway, they're going to take it. They're going to take Eastman to task. Apparently, still, they're still going to try and strip him of his committees on, well, a Friday, I guess, is at least until Friday. They're on hold. Um, business in the Senate is uh, is proceeding ahead. All twenty Senate members were present, and according to Machiki, the Senate president, he said they weren't aware of any close contacts between uh, senators and somebody who had um, um, be positive. A positive test for Bart LeBon appeared to be the one that disrupted the work in the House. His staff confirmed that he tested positive, and he had had several in-person meetings with Sarah Rasmussen, who tested positive on Monday, um, and uh, other others as well. Um, a, but before the start of this year's legislative session, Gary Stevens, uh, who is the head of Ledge Council, is the one that makes kind of makes the rules for what happens in the legislature. He said that even mild cases could keep co- uh, keep legislators away from uh, debates and votes and that he had voted to keep that mask requirement in place um, <clears throat> because of that. Um, so it's I mean, this this whole thing, you just see the divisiveness is just so great. In fact, I think the 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 term that the ADN used about the, the different the masking requirements and everything else, the rules have balkanized the building which is a reference to the Balkans. Um, I, but that's a first, I haven't heard them use the term balkanized in a, in a sentence before, which is just great. So face masks are required in the Capitol's hallways and public spaces, but not in legislators' office. Masks are not required in the Capitol's third floor where the rules are set by the governor. If they go across the street to the state courthouse, they're required to wear masks. Uh, walk into the state building next door. There's no mask required. I mean, it's just like, oh, masks or no masks or masks or no masks. Reason Magazine had this fantastic article. Um, I, I think it was yesterday that basically went back through the science of masks and, uh, you know, the, the the masking mandates and talked about, um, you know, essentially that the the whole thing is not is not uh, as scientifically situated or not as scientifically set as many in the media and many in government would like you to believe. And uh, it is, uh, I'll have to dig that article up and, and post it in the chat room, but it was a great article because it had links to every study that has been quoted about how, um, about how sufficient masks are to get everything done. But then it could, then it also links to the 
um, the scientific and academic criticism of those same studies, basically showing that the science is not settled on it. But I love how the I love how the news media and everything else is pointing out that you know if we it, it well the flavor of the article is if we had just worn masks, none of this would have happened. None of this would have happened. So anyway, um, it also <clears throat> some of the members of the House of minority speculated that the cancellation on Wednesday was actually due to uh, the House majority's inability to muster enough votes to oust Eastman from his committees. And you might have to start to think about that because maybe there is. Maybe that's part of the problem. What's good for the goose could be good for the gander down the road. Just because somebody belongs to an organization, how many people in there support, you know, other organizations that could be lightning rod organizations, you know, BLM or something else like that. And could they be removed from committees because of the actions of somebody, you know, hundreds of miles away uh, with organizations that they believed in? The the whole thing, the, the critical thing of this is that they were trying to, first they were trying to expel him under the disloyalty clause in the Alaska Constitution, um, which is a clause basically that states that any elected official or state employee is forbidden from joining or aiding any party or organization or association which advocates the overthrow by force or violence of the U.S. government or the state. And, of course, Oath Keepers, they did not, they, that was not part of their party platform. Maybe there's some bad actors in there. Maybe. Maybe even the people, the, you know, Stuart Rhodes or something, maybe even they. But that's not what the, that's not what the bylaws and the, and the outline has said. That's not what it says. In fact, it said, in fact, uh, um, uh, Laddie Shaw read the <clears throat> read part of the bylaws into the record, basically stating that they talked about how they advocated for peaceful uh, adherence to the Constitution and everything else. And Eastman's never been accused of a crime, by the way. This is all just because he, again, joined the group 12 years ago, paid his one-time lifetime fee now he's a lifetime member, so of course he must endorse everything that that group does for the entirety of the. I mean, I'm sure you life members of the NRA, you guys are all in support of the NRA, you know, pushing for the machine gun ban and and allowing uh, you know suppressors and everything to be put on the NFA and all the all the crazy crap, the, the endorsement of the NRA on the bump stock ban and all that, all the stuff. I'm sure you guys are all 100 percent behind that. All you life members of the NRA, right? I mean, using this same logic. Anyway, it's, you know, here we are. <clears throat> here we are. Here we are. Uh, just, to, you know, COVID's here to stay, and they're still trying to figure out how to work around it. And maybe it's not about COVID after all. Maybe it's about some of the people in the majority realizing, hey, you know what? They might use this against us sometime in the future. And... uh we we may not, you know, if they try to cancel us, then then what do we do? Maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe they can't get the votes. I don't know. But uh, it's interesting to watch, to say the least. All right. Yeah, did they sanction the people who were at the beer pong? No, remember, they never sanctioned those people for breaking the quarantine, abusing, breaking the legislative laws, make it a mess. Remember that? The leg wrestling and the beer pong? They never... Nope, you're right. They never sanctioned those guys. They didn't even really call it out. 
But, you know, Eastman, yeah, that guy. All right. Well, we got to go. We're up against it. Hour two, or uh, segment two is dead ahead. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these uh, entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Hi, how are you? Good morning. Welcome to the program. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I tried to start it twice again. Yesterday, Facebook started right on the first try. Boom. Tried it again this morning. No, I hadn't even hadn't even played any, you know, theme song or anything else. Would not start. So I'm starting to wonder if we should just send everybody to YouTube, and then if somebody's on Facebook and Facebook works, then so be it. It's an extra bonus. But it's getting ridiculous. It's just... It really is. It's getting ridiculous that I can't get Facebook to work properly and consistently. I mean, it was, I've been broadcasting on there for every day for three years without a problem. Now, all of a sudden, it just craps the bed, and uh, there you go. That's where it is. Um, yeah, I guess Facebook is down again. Yeah. Take a week to take a week to move and YouTube chat blows up. Oh yeah, no, Michael, you're this is the place to be these days. I got to tell you. The legislators must have shut down Facebook. Now I'm wondering if Facebook is shutting down Facebook. Like I said, I hadn't even I hadn't even play, we discovered the other day that, you know, when we got the show started and then all of a sudden everybody, you know, they, we had a dozen people in the chat room making comments right at the beginning of the show and then all of a sudden it kicked everybody off. And that was because the theme music <clears throat> has got some copyrighted music in it. But again, we've been playing this on the radio for years because we have the right to do that through the BMI and ASCAP and everything else. Which are the rights organizations that pay the artists for the use of their music. <clears throat> That's why radio talk show hosts can use bumper music, you know, old radio, can use old songs and stuff like that for their bumper music and all that because... They are on the radio. They they pay fees and, and rights to be able to do that. Well, anyway, YouTube dis, or uh, Facebook discovered through some algorithm or some, you know, monster AI Skynet program, they discovered eventually that I was playing that song and then it was a thing. And, th- and they were literally killing the broadcast, just kicking everybody out of the broad. We couldn't figure I couldn't figure out what was going on. I finally noticed there was a little notification on the bottom of one that said, um, you bad, bad boy. You used copyrighted music. Well, uh, yes, I've been doing it for 20 years. And I have the right to do it. Because we pay the rights through the stations to be able to do it. So, anyway. it uh, Yeah, it's a hassle. I know, Dodie, it's a hassle. Uh, can't bring the show up on my phone, so I'm watching on my husband's phone. It is what it is. Dodie, what you should do is you should go on your phone and install the YouTube app. And then hit subscribe and then ring the bell on YouTube because then you uh, then you'll be able to uh, uh, get those notifications 
uh, when they go when we go live every morning. Because YouTube is, you know, YouTube has worked without a problem. It's ever since we went to the the multicast, YouTube has worked flawlessly, and Twitch has worked flawlessly the whole time. Facebook is the one that just continues to just crap the bed. Anyway, I'm a little, I guess I'm a little, I guess I'm a little irritated by that. Just a little irritated. Okay. So I'm, I'm still, I'm still working my way. Oh, here's what I want. All right, so we're going to uh, we're going to hit some other highlights, including uh, what's going on in uh, uh, Juno about the cyber attacks, some stuff on Kodiak, and then uh, plus you can earn a few bucks on YouTube. You know, you got to have like a thousand subscribers before you even can monetize. I think I think it's a thousand subscribers before you can monetize anything. Maybe it's ten thousand. I can't remember, but it's a Look, I have no dreams or hopes of becoming a YouTube star, okay? That's a lot of work to get all that done. Get all those subscriptions and get everything else up there. Uh yeah, I don't you can't even monetize it until you've got, you know, you've got uh subscribers in the thousands. I think it's in the thousands to be able to do it. Anyway, I'm not too worried about it. All right, well, let's get back to it. The Michael Duke show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Here we go. Oh, yeah. The Nat Puticello. I mean, just didn't it just feel like a surf pick? I mean, that's what it... <laughs> I dug up some of the other music that I'd been using. I'd forgotten that I had more than this. Uh, anyway, uh, welcome back to the program. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Uh, if you want to join us in the chat room today, you can do so by going over to YouTube and just searching my name on YouTube. Um, we've got, uh, we got about 35 people, uh, in the chat right now watching and listening. Uh, and we love to have some good discussions in there over onto the side, um, that, uh, really kind of, uh, <laughs> they bring some, they bring some interesting comments to the, uh, to the chat room here. So if you want to join us, you come on out to YouTube and we're there this morning as well as we simulcast the show as we do every day. All right, so we just uh, talked about what was going on in the House with all the COVID stuff and the delay, the Eastman thing, and the Senate's pr- proceeding ahead and everything else. So we'll 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 move on over to some other issues that are going on in Juno. Uh, Delana Johnson has been pushing uh, for a new bill, prime sponsor of a legislation. She guided it through the State House last year. It's now in the Senate, and uh, Judiciary heard it for the first time Friday. Uh, And it's a bill that talks about the increase and the effect of last year's cyber attacks against the state of Alaska. Um, And they were really disastrous. Uh, For months, Alaskan couldn't get death certificates on time. Uh, The state had problems keeping track of the number of people who died from COVID. 
The state's court system was struck by a cyber attack about the same time. The division of elections was a target. I mean, it was just like one thing after another. Now, Delana Johnson is advancing forward towards a final vote in the legislature that would allow the governor to declare um, similar cyber attacks as a formal disaster, which would unlock quicker funding and emergency responses. It's the sole piece of cybersecurity-specific legislation in the legislature right now since those attacks on the state, but it wasn't proposed as a response. She represents a district in the Matsu, which suffered a major cyber attack in 2018. She wrote her bill in response to that attack and a ransomware attack that hit the city of Valdez about the same time. And as you could see, these kind of attacks are going on more and more. Uh, I mean, here, uh, you know, the radio stations that I run, <clears throat> we uh, were the victims of a, uh, of a, of a, it wasn't a cyber attack where they were actively trying to hack it, but it was a ransomware attack that, uh, that got in. And luckily we were able to, uh, uh, we were able to uh, stop it. And the engineer and I were able to shut everything down and get everything fixed and put together. But I mean, it's happening everywhere. And I, we heard a story after after um, after we had talked to a few people about it, a few tech people, that there were several businesses here in the uh, in the Anchorage area that had suffered the same thing. One was a major engineering firm, and of course, the first thing on like ransomware attacks is you hear, "Well, don't pay them because there's no guarantee you're going to get your stuff back." And yet one, apparently one engineering firm in Anchorage had had all of their data locked up, all of their backups corrupted, everything else. And so they'd paid $30,000 in ransomware uh, for the, for the ransom and that they had still, they were still waiting 10 days later to get their data back. I never did hear if that actually happened. So, but cyber attacks are a major, major thing. The state has a large IT department and huge amounts of resources to throw at cyber attacks, but cities and boroughs generally don't. Um, Valdez themselves paid $27,000 to hackers in order to unlock the computers in the Matsu where officials refused to pay the ransom. The recovery costs amounted to more than $2 million. So this new piece of legislation would allow the governor to declare a disaster emergency like he did for the windstorms and the snow and the temperatures, all the stuff that was going on from Fairbanks to Wasilla to down in the Kenai, he was able to declare emergencies and unlock some money and different reliefs for that. This bill would do the same thing, only it would do it for, um, for cyber attacks. The text of the bill says that a cybersecurity disaster, according to the ADN, could involve an attack that affects critical infrastructure in the state or an information system owned or operated by a state or a political subdivision of the state. And that means it could cover an attack against one of the state's electrical cooperatives, uh, which they're not state-owned, but they're critical infrastructure, or cities or boroughs or even state-owned corporations like uh, the Alaska Railroad, for example. Uh, the bill would also allow the state to declare a preemptive disaster if advised an attack is imminent. Um, that was in the, uh, in the news article, they said they compared that to the recent heavy snowfall in Yakutat when members of the National Guard were flown in to remove snow from rooftops and keep them from collapsing. It was preemptive measures instead of allowing the buildings to collapse and then declaring a disaster. So far, the biggest obstacle to the bill becoming law isn't related to cybersecurity. It's the politics of the pandemic. Um, there's, uh, there's a significant number of Republicans who've criticized the governor for his actions during the pandemic, saying he used the disaster law to take inappropriate actions. 
And uh, in the state house, Republicans attempted to amend Johnson's bill to include language restricting the governor's powers during a public health disaster. And that, of course, made the Democrats and uh, other uh, members of the majority to uh, basically try and defeat those amendments and turn some people against the bill, I think, overall. Um, <clears throat> so we'll see what goes on. I I have no objection to this bill. I think it makes sense, especially as we're seeing more and more communities and more and more entities that are affected by these and can be affected by these cyber attacks. Um, you know, this this could cost you big time in the end. So. What else is uh, on the news? We're going to get into this thing in Anchorage because I think it's um, it's just insane. But I did want to mention this. Uh, the manager of the Kodiak High School sports team has now pled guilty to exploitation of a minor. Uh, Vince J. Barcelon Deleguin was arrested in May on 14 charges brought forward by the state. It was indicted in federal court back in September. He created a fake profile on social media and asked a teenager he'd met through his involvement with a volleyball team to send them photos to of the, I mean, this is just, uh. then he assaulted a teen on several occasions before the teen alerted authorities. He pled guilty to federal felony charges of exploitation of a minor and charges of coercion and child charges of child pornography and man. If I ever needed reason, I have 412, why not to send my kids into the public school system? That might be the biggest one right there. Kodiak High School sports team. Mm-hmm. Not a good, not, not a good look for, uh, not a good look for the public school system there. Well, let's get into this discussion because uh, I do want to do a little bit of what if stuff uh, in the next segment to lead up into our interview with Vance Cook and, uh, um, and 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 uh, the folks at Bivy, but I do want to talk a little bit about something that's breaking over in the city of Anchorage. And I've been kind of following some of the sh- and I haven't shared all this with you because, well, first and foremost, the show doesn't broadcast over the radio terrestrial radio in Anchorage. We cover a big chunk of the state, but Anchorage is like the big hole. We got a lot of folks that listen on on YouTube and Facebook and on the stream uh, to it in the Anchorage area. But, we, you know, we don't have a whole lot. So I try and use Anchorage as a cautionary tale. But this is this story is so um, blatant that, I mean, I just kind of have to bring it to life. Suzanne Downing over at Must Read has been following this. And it's interesting. Now, some people may dismiss it simply because it's coming from Downing and that, of course, she's a left, she's a right wing uh you know, zealot, acolyte, whatever. And of course that, that she's, she's trying to pick a fight with everything or dig or whatever, but I mean, nobody else is really picking this up. And so I want to, uh, I want to go over here and, uh, and take a look at it. So let's talk about it. So nine members, she says that this is a massive cover up by the progressive majority on the assembly. Uh, Nine assembly members on Tuesday night approved keeping over 590 pages of requested emails by a citizen um, from the group Reclaim Midtown, which is an activist group concerned with fraud, waste, and abuse of power. 590 emails have been redacted or, or refused 
Some of the emails being kept locked up forever are addressed to a fictitious person, apparently. There's a, some kind of fictitious email address for somebody named Tom Sconce. Um, some of the emails are to or from the left-wing blog, The Blue Alaskan. You remember we talked about that here a few weeks ago where somebody like Jeff Landfield was offering a $1,000 reward to be able to unmask who The Blue Alaskan was. And also some of the emails are to the Anchorage Press or others involved in those publications. Apparently, the, co- the correspondence was between uh, Chris Constant, Felix Rivera, Austin Quinn Davidson. Uh, there was an other correspondence between those three and an, and an advocacy lawyer in Washington, D.C., who is neither under contract with the Assembly or they don't have a letter of engagement, nor is licensed to practice law in the state of Alaska, and those emails were redacted and kept secret under the claim of attorney-client privilege. So during Tuesday's meeting, the Assembly went into executive session for two hours, and when they emerged on a vote of 9-0, to zero, they denied allowing the citizen, Russell Biggs, to appeal the ability to appeal their decision to, of, to black out reams and reams of correspondence between certain members of the Assembly, as well as the former acting mayor. Now, Assembly members Jamie Allard and John Weddleton left the room. Uh, Jamie, not much of a surprise, but John Weddleton is kind of more of the moderate member of the Assembly, but he walked out as well. Rather than voting, uh, they, they walked out since the attorney for the Assembly, in their words, could not adequately explain to them what they were voting on. They, there's, there's believed to be a cover-up involving Constance and Rivera and Austin Quinn Davidson and Forrest Dunbar. Um, Biggs, the uh, citizen who'd asked for the, uh, uh, the, uh, the correspondence to begin with, has argued that the documents were excessively and unlawfully redacted contrary to Anchorage Municipal Code and state law requirements for transparency of public records. And there's some speculation that the assembly attorney may be involved in the cover-up as well. So there's some real background on this, too. And, and maybe I'll get into this in the next segment just to talk a little bit about it before we get. But this, this whole thing, this is super interesting to me. Uh, because this, could, uh, this, this whole thing could blow up if any of the other local uh, uh, papers start to dig into this and pick this up. I saw nothing about this. There's not a thing about this that I saw in the ADN. If somebody else finds an article in the ADN and can link it to me, let me know. But I couldn't find any other P. And, of course, the Anchorage Press, who's named as one of the kind of the, the sneaky, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, organizations that are participating in this, they're not going to write about it. So uh, the only place that I'm finding out about it right now is the, uh, the must-read Alaska. But if anybody's got any other info on this, I'm super interested in learning more about this right now. So we'll talk about it here in just a hot second. Don't go anywhere. Uh, We will be back with more. It is the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We'll return with more here in just a moment. Don't forget, coming up at the top of the hour, Vance Cook, the founder and creator of Bivy, will be with us along with Seuss Edmondson. And we'll be talking more about that when we return. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. It's The Michael Duke Show. We'll be back after this.
If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. No skull dirgery here. Skull, sugar, skullduggery. 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 That's what it is, not dolgery. It's skullduggery. Mm-hmm. 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 Um. Yeah. This thing is um, I mean, this is so hanky. The stuff that's going on here is so so hanky i want to know what's going on i mean this is not this is not top secret you know national security stuff this is for uh, what is essentially a sm- uh, i mean we're a smaller town right anchorage is i mean it's on you know a couple hundred thousand people but it's not like it's a huge megalopolis or you're on the border or you're protecting national secrets from something but they redacted 590 pages, many of those fully redacted. No to or from showing, no dates, no subject lines, no page numbers. They essentially sent him 590 essentially blank pages. So, <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. This is, I don't think this is over. I don't think this is over. I'm just saying. I don't think that's going to happen. Okay. Um, uh, just in time for Thursday, Michael Dukes' QVC edition. What? The QVC edition? What do you, by what do you mean? I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> okay. Autocorrect. Um, I hope it blows up in their face. Someone hacked your autocorrect. There you go. All right. <sighs> guys ready for this? Oh. Let me go back here. See if there's anything you guys said that I needed to cover. Now, you guys have been pretty quiet this morning overall. I mean, we're only, I don't know, 42 of you watching, and uh, and there's just not a whole lot of comments for the uh, last 45 minutes. So why don't you guys tell me, should I continue on talking about the Anchorage deal, or should I talk about the what-if components of the segment? What do you say? What do you, what do you say? You guys decide amongst yourselves, you know? Yeah, it did warm up a tap. I mean, it was like 20 degrees outside the house this morning. I was like, ooh, man. Yesterday was 4. Today it's 20. I guarantee you my wife will have a migraine by the time the end of the day's done with the weather switching quite so fast. But, uh, yeah. No, I'm kind of excited to talk about the uh, Bivy guy. This is the Bivy. I mean, this is I, – I dig this. So this plus this, which is my cell phone, brink. This is this becomes a this becomes a satellite communications device now. Now I can text or send emails anywhere in the world 
if I need to. It's got a little SOS button, a little red button on the bottom. If you get into trouble, you mash that down. And, uh, I mean, there's, there's, there's some cool stuff. Um, I just finally got this last night. And uh, I haven't explored all the, all the, uh, the little features and bells and whistles on it. But it's pretty cool. It's, it's pretty cool. I like it. So I'm excited. I'm excited to talk to the guys from Bivy. We're gonna get all the we're gonna get all the details. Okay. The what if segment. What if the Anchorage Assembly all got indicted? Man, wouldn't that be amazing? I mean, first of all, a total repudiation of everything that they're doing. Second of all, wouldn't that be amazing? Which uh yeah, that's 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 cool. Okay. Um, this is the what? This is the ready gut. There we go. I got it. Found it. The ready.gov. Okay. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm half excited and half excited. I'm half excited and half, I don't know what, you know, autocorrect. That's the problem. Everybody's got autocorrect, and everybody mashes send before they read what they just wrote. I'm just telling you. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Uh, good morning, Annie. Did you get Dodie off? Did you give? Did you get YouTube installed on her phone too? Bumper stickers have ships, says Laura. Uh, which bumper stickers are those? Are those the follow the damn law bumper stickers? Or what are those, Laura? You'll have to tell me what's going on. Um, all right. We're 20 seconds out. We're going to rejoin the radio. I guess I'm going to talk about both things because everybody said both. So we'll finish up with our first thought and come back on it. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. All right, welcome back to the program, The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, literally, literally based. It's commonsensical, literally based, free-thinking radio. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I, I can't talk today. I just, I don't know what it is. I keep stumbling over stuff. That's okay. I guess you'll forgive me. So before we went to break, we were talking about this story coming out of Must Read Alaska. And like I said, I haven't been able to find any writing about this. This is this is basically all coming out of the Tuesday, uh, the Tuesday assembly meeting. So that's two days ago. Uh, Must Read published it yesterday, uh, but I haven't seen the I haven't seen the ADN or anybody talk about this. Um, so it all started back in April of last year, where Russell Biggs filed public records requests seeking emails to and from the accounts of all current assembly members using the current uh, search terms. Tom Sconce, which was the phony name that we heard about, which is TSS, TCS907 at gmail.com, Blue Alaskan, and Anchorage Press. So they asked for emails on all those things. 
Part of the reason why was that Anchorage Press was awarded a $70,000 sole source contract by the Assembly to do COVID outreach last year. And so that probably was why they were included in it. And the dates range for the emails were from January 1 of 2020 through April 30th of 2021. So he got his first batch of records back in July. And then the second batch was not made available until December. Now, this remember, this was originally an April records request until December. When they were sent to him, over 590 pages were redacted. Many of them full, I mean, they were, they were basically blank sheets of paper. No to or from, no dates, no subject lines, no page numbers. So on December 30th, he appealed the heavily redacted disclosures to the mayor on six different basis, uh, bases. Number one, no slips were provided to him. The slips are logs saying what is being redacted, and that, adds, that is required by uh, Anchorage Municipal Code. But they didn't have any slips. Casey Pick, one of the people involved in the emails, is an attorney from outside the state acting as a consultant, not an attorney, and that communication is not privileged. Many of the redactions include to and from information, so there's no way to know if they're actually communications with an attorney. The applicable municipal law on attorney-client privileges is Alaska Anchorage Municipal Code 3.90.0408, which only applies to legal questions concerning pending or actual litigation. Russell Biggs asked for communications referencing specific names and a specific email address. He said, I find it hard to believe that an email mentioning any of these in a communication for the purpose of providing legal advice. And uh, the municipal code also adopts a public policy favoring full disclosure. And Biggs believes any claim of privilege as to these specific records deviates from the policy by making privilege claims on an overly broad basis. Now, this is not surprising based on what the assembly has done before. They have ignored municipal code. They have, I mean, look at what happened. How long was Austin Quinn Davidson in office and left her seat basically vacant? The, The thing is, you should either fill her seat or or have a special election for mayor. That really should have been what needed to happen. But they ignored statute on, they they ignored uh, municipal code on that response as well. So anyway, there's a lot of more things that are going on. LaFrance is basically pulling some meeting shenanigans as far as uh, wouldn't allow him to, uh, he was out of the country when they set the appeal. Basically, he got a 14-hour, he got a 14-hour heads up that they were going to, uh, 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 to have this meeting after waiting months for the documents that he requested, they basically gave him 14 hours. I mean, he was out of he was out of out of the country at the time. But um, so anyway, th- this whole thing is just crazy. You need to go take a look at this. Um, but you exactly, Terry in the chat room just said, just like the Alaska Legislature ignores statute and laws, these guys are ignoring statute and laws with impunity. Yeah. Yeah, kind of amazing how that works, right? Monkey see, monkey do. That's why we've said this has been a problem from the day one. For Instead of changing the statute, you just ignore it. So what's the point? Who's going to hold them responsible? Who's going to investigate it to point out to going to a judge who is picked in, uh, to rule in favor of the corrupt is the question from the chat room. Well, that's a good question. What, what do you do? How do you make it happen? How do you... I guess it's going to take us private citizens going back to fight this. I mean, if the law is the law and the judiciary continues to say, well, that's what the law says, but that's not how we interpret it. Eventually, Irish democracy, baby. 
Irish democracy. <clears throat> All right. Well, I want to move on to some of the what if comments. We got about six or seven minutes here before we run out of daylight. And um, there was an article over in KTUU, uh, Alaska's news source, earlier this week, uh, which, if you didn't catch, it's got some good ideas and things like that. It's talking about that the Alaska Division of Homeland Security and Emergency Management is uh, is putting out some pretty good stuff uh, as of late. They are um, have now put together a new plan that outlines in 12 steps how to prepare in a year for any kind of disaster. Pre- preparing in a year for any kind of disaster, and uh, it's one hour of planning and action each month, leads to successful preparedness. And this is actually a pretty handy little guide. And uh, let me see if I can copy and paste this link into the chat room so folks can go check it out for themselves. Um, it is, uh, it's, it's, got some, it's got some good stuff in it. And I just want to highlight it because we're going to talk a little bit here. Um, and it's, it's, I think it's fairly ironic that in there they have a list of 12 things. If you're going to do it for a year, here's the 12, what they call 12 action steps. Uh, take one step per month. It only takes about an hour, and then you can get move on. Um, that the first, um, the first step is a communications plan, and so I find that very very interesting because again, in the next hour, we're going to talk to uh, we're going to talk to uh, Vance Cook, the founder of Bivy, and that is part. This is now part of my family's communication plan in the event of an emergency this little device that I'm holding in my hand. It's now become part of my emergency preparedness communications plan because we've discovered during the earthquakes in 2018, uh, for a while there, especially in the beginning, uh, cell phone communication where I lived was spotty because the communications towers had taken some hits. And they were not only had some been damaged, but the other ones were overloaded with cellular congestion. And so... You know, when a disaster strikes, whether it's an earthquake or this huge windstorm or the volcano that, you know, blows up and and spews stuff, I mean, whatever it is, being able to communicate is a big deal. And that's why it's number one on this plan. And I'm kind of excited to see and talk to the folks at Bivy about that. But this new disaster preparedness plan coming out of the Alaska Division of Homeland Security and Emergency Management has got 12 steps. Take one step per month. It only takes about an hour to complete each one of these steps to get started. Uh, some are as easy as having a conversation with your family, you know, the communication plan. And then there's uh, guides in preparing a year at a, you know, year uh, over a year to get everything done. You know, two weeks of supplies is what they say that you really would like. But if you can't do two weeks of supplies, one day is better than nothing. So inch by inch, everything's a cinch, you know, a little elephant, one bite of an elephant at a time. And uh, they talk about personal preparation kits, you know, your own personal go bag or whatever you want to call it. And uh, but, of course, the ideal emergency supplies and foods and batteries and maybe things you're not even thinking about. And I'm I'm digging this. I am digging this list. And I think we're going to use this as part of our uh, as we go forward and start continuing to talk about what if Wednesday. We're going to talk about the folks from Bivy here next. But after that, I think we'll come back to this. Because, again, this 12-point plan pretty much has got everything that you need to really think about and some of the stuff that you haven't thought about as well. 
So we're going to come back to that, and we will continue. Uh, Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show continues. Again, uh, Vance Cook and uh, Seuss uh, Edmondson from uh, Bivy going to be on next. We're going to talk with them, brand new sponsors of the show. We're going to uh, we're going to come back with more. We'll be back right after this. Be kind to one another. Love one another. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. Matsu Experimental Farm has five classes on preparedness this month. Well, that's good. I'll take a look at that. Let me let me see what that says. Um, classes. Preparedness. Look at that. Right there. The theme is preparedness. All right, we'll take a look at that and see what that uh, comes out. Check out the class lineup for February. The theme is preparedness. Nice. We'll, uh, we'll, I'm going to go through that. Backup generator prep and use, chainsaw use, what to do before, during, and after a natural disaster, food and grain storage. All right. I swallowed my tongue this morning. All right, we're about ready to get into this. Um, We've got our guest coming up here in the next few minutes. And uh, that was a quick 30 minutes, yeah. Uh, Let's, um, I got somebody on the phone over here, and I'm not sure if it's my guest because I gave them two different numbers. So let's see, let's see what this is, uh, if this is the guest or not. We'll go over here. Good morning, who's this? Hi, Mike. Jeff from Homer. I just listened on my phone. Um, I, I thought we were gonna. Oh, you're talk about surviving. well. Hey, you're welcome to you're welcome to uh, listen in and talk. We got guests coming up here in about three minutes, so. Um, but you're welcome to uh, you're welcome to sit here and listen on the phone while we talk about this. That's for sure. Well, um, I, I can get to my radio here pretty quick, but um, yeah, I was just gonna speak about surviving in the woods, you know, and in uh, you know there's such a thing as surviving without motors and gas and all of that stuff and in uh, you can be prepared you know it's as simple as I carry a bow saw in my truck because if my chainsaw doesn't work or I, something happens to it I still can cut my way out right the road and have years ago saved us one day uh, up in the north woods put a snow a lot of trees in the road my axe and my bow saw got me out of there midnight but we get out Right. And, uh, no. And it, also, the other big thing is being mentally prepared to be in the woods. You know, you got to be a tough hombre. You can't quit. You know, in, in survival situations, especially. So, been there, done that. Been dug a lot of people out of the woods. Were scared to death. You know, don't be scared. Calm down. Get yourself out. Don't do stupid stuff. Things like that. But uh, anyways, 
just thought I'd talk about that a little bit, but you got guests coming. I'll let you go. We'll pick I'm that up. We'll, feel free to call back after the guests, uh, Jeff, because we're going to pick it. We'll pick it back okay. up after we're done with them. Thanks. Uh, thanks for call- right. thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Um, all right. Um, yeah. You know, he's not wrong. Uh, keeping a cool head mental. The, the mental preparedness is really the, you know, is really the most important thing. I mean, you could survive with nearly nothing if you're mentally prepared for it. Uh, all that other stuff just makes it easier. Winter quake boxes, Harold. Flashlight, clothes, winter jackets, shoes. Yeah, I mean, you should have all that stuff. I mean, I've got an you got an emergency kit in your car. I mean, I carry cold weather gear. I'm from Fairbanks, right? So I cold I carry cold weather gear in the back of my car all the time. I carry a little container that's got you know some candles in it and some other things. You know, if you drive off the road and uh, you're stuck in your car and you're waiting for help or maybe you have to wait for the snow to quit or whatever you crack the crack the edge of your window a little bit down and you light a candle and you can heat the whole inside of your car with a candle you got to crack the window don't asphyxiate yourself right you know what i mean uh not that there's much of a danger but it's better that way um heat stuff you know mres of 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 little food bars um, some, some hand warmers, some hand warmers and foot warmers. Uh, that's all stuff that you should have in your emergency kit. Um, you know, f- obviously road flares and other things as well. Uh, but there's all kinds of different kits that you could do all kinds of different things, but being able to communicate is the important thing. Uh, being able to communicate it, being able to have everybody on the same sheet of music. That's a, that's an important factor as well. So <clears throat> we're going to talk about all that. I'm looking at this. Uh, I'm looking at this list, though, from the Matsu Experimental Farm. Um, February uh, today, they've got a chainsaw use and safety and fundamentals. On the eighth, what to do before, during, and after a natural disaster. On February 9th, they're doing a food and grain storage pest tips: how to store food and grain. On the fifteenth, they're preparing for emergency wind events. On the seventeenth, emergency supply checklist and food safety, and um, preparing your your house for extreme cold and emergencies, and then preparing your pets for disaster. So that's uh, good stuff. Morning, Mongo. His recliner, he's out of the hospital, out of the hospital, dodged the COVID bullet. Good for you, my friend. Good for you. Um, it, your recliner feels better than the other bed, that hospital bed. I guarantee you that that recliner probably feels good for sure. All right, well, let's go over here. We're just about to start. We're a minute out, and it looks like the phone is up and ringing, and I think we've got uh, I think we've got our guests on the program today to talk about it. Uh, let's check in real quick. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, Michael? Good. Is this Vance? This is Vance. All right, Vance. Well, thanks for coming on board and joining us. I appreciate it. Is it just you, or is Seuss with you, or... should be here okay okay good all right well we'll uh, we're just about to go back on the air here so hang out for a second and we will uh, be right back to you we'll get started enjoy my virtual coffee and donuts and my virtual green room here don't uh, they've got no calories in them that's a benefit of them being virtual donuts so i'm excited about that for you uh hold the line we're going to get back to you here folks uh the michael duke show continues make sure you like and share this show like and follow the show page hit the subscribe button ring the bell do it all Here we go. Back with more right now.
Whoa, buddy. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. The Michael Duke Show. It's the last one out of two. Call now. The Michael Duke Show. On your home for Common Sense Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Good morning and welcome back to the program. It is hour two of the big radio broadcast here, The Michael Duke Show. We're getting ready to uh, we're getting ready to jump into it here with our guest this hour, uh, which I've been kind of excited about. I've been talking uh, I've been talking about this for here a little bit, uh, and that is our brand new sponsors on the program, Bivy. And uh, I got so excited about this that I invited uh, onto the program uh, the founder and the creator of uh, Bivy and the Bivy Stick, uh, and that is Vance Cook. Now, you may or may not have heard of Vance Cook. He uh, was a software designer, uh, was pretty big in some of the gaming industries, sold some of his stuff over to Electronic Arts, and then has done a bunch of other things, including traveled the Amazon. He's got tree houses down there. He's climbed mountains. He's done all kinds of stuff, and uh, he decided to uh, to, uh, to to create this bivy stick, I think, uh, from what I'm told, is part of is a response to climbing some of these mountains, including Mount McKinley, or I guess Denali, and uh, Everest and others. So we're going to welcome him on the program as well. We're going to be joined here in just a minute by Seuss Edmonston as well, the marketing director for Bivy. But uh, let's welcome Vance on first and say good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing great, Michael. Thanks for having me on. Well, I, I appreciate it. So, I mean, you've got a. I said it earlier. I said, "Boy, you're kind of a renaissance man. You got a little bit of everything going on. You started <laughs> off as a software designer, uh, a designer, and you were, you know, did, worked in that world. And then uh, I see you own. You're like one own one of the only big treehouse kind of hotel or things in the Amazon. And you love to climb hills and mountains. You've climbed. You've climbed Mount Everest. You've climbed Mount McKinley. You've you know, apparently, if there's a hill out there, you've climbed it, and uh, so you're you're kind of out there doing your thing. Well, I, I guess so. I, honestly, I've just been lucky, Michael, and uh, getting lucky with some businesses has afforded me the luxury of taking on projects where my passions exist, and Vivi is certainly one of those projects where uh, I've been able to take it on because that's what I love: getting in the outdoors and and then helping people do it safely. Right, exactly. So Seuss had mentioned this to me earlier. He said, you know, kind of the whole the whole idea behind the bivy stick was that apparently you were on a climb, um, and I think it was Everest, if I if I remember correctly, uh, and there was some kind of a, a earthquake, natural disaster, where a big chunk of something had fallen, and some people had gotten hurt, and there was really no word on the mountain as to who had, who had made it through, who had lived, and who had died, and and your spouse was back home basically fretting for days, not knowing if you were alive or well, and you were finally able to reach out to her. Um, and so tell us a little bit about that and, and that creating that genesis of creating the what the bivy stick is and what it does. 
Yeah, I've had a lot of wonderful mountaineering experiences. Some end in tragedy, some uh, just ended in, you know, fulfillment and happiness, you know. But this one was a tough one, mostly because it was so hard on my wife. And, uh, yeah, I was on Everest up above the icefall. An earthquake came in, and the news started spreading, and one of her friends came to her and did one of those uh, lean-in are you doing okay? And she was fine before that, but then that started making her worry. She tried to contact me. She couldn't get a hold of me. She tried to get to the expedition leader, couldn't get to him. And as time progressed and one thing led to the next and her mind expanded, she was convinced I was dead. And she suffered for hours and days. And she even started cleaning the house, getting ready for everybody to come over and, you know, start funeral processes. So some ways funny, but, you know, but she suffered from that. And, and I just never wanted to put her through something like that again. And that is one of the genesis of the, uh, the bivy stick idea. I've had other experiences where bivy stick would have been wonderful being able to get communication out to people. But, you know, that certainly was one of the big ones. Right, exactly. Well, and I guess your background in software design and stuff probably helped with that. And then uh, trying to pull all this together uh, to give that peace of mind. I mean, that's really what we're talking about here is peace of mind um, and uh, being able to stay in contact no matter where you are. Uh, we're joined now as well by uh, Seuss Edmondson, who is uh, the uh, marketing uh, uh, director for uh, for Bivy. Uh, Seuss, welcome to the program. Thanks for coming on board as well. Well, thank you so much for having me, and I apologize for the technical difficulties to on getting here on time. Oh no, no problem, no problem. Like I said, it was a, <laughs> I made an assumption, and you know what that does that, that makes uh, makes something yep. out of they make something out of both of us. Um, so let's talk. <laughs> let's talk a bit about. I, I want to talk a little bit more about Lan, uh, Vance's experience with all this, but let's talk uh, a, a little bit about. Um, you know the original. Uh, you know the original versions of this. You guys had a had a had an original version. It was larger. It was bulkier. But Vance, you and the folks at Bivy and Sus and everybody else is uh, Sus is, is involved in making this the most streamlined, most adaptable, most um, user friendly device that basically takes a cell phone and, with the addition of the Bivy stick, turns a cell phone into a two way satellite communications device right i mean it's it's essentially it's essentially a satellite phone without the voice basically you can do almost everything else you can do maps and connecting and 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 dropping pins and and tagging locations and sending texts and sending emails all from one little unit is that correct that's absolutely correct. Yes, that's, you know, we wanted to make it ahead, as versatile as possible and um we put together a bunch of features that that we thought would be most used in the backcountry. But the thing that we found is that, you know, we, we built all these features with one idea in mind, and it actually has developed into multiple um, pieces. So it's, um, you know, for instance, the SOS feature on there. We have that feature, and, and people don't necessarily like thinking that they're going to get into a, a bad situation. And so, um, you know, that it's a little bit of a barrier for some people to buy because of that. But 
everybody gets in a bad situation and everybody has a chance to be a hero when you walk up on a bad situation and they don't have that communication and you do. Right. And so you can go ahead and rescue people. So, so it's some peripheral stuff too, that, um, you know, we, we build all these benefits for, for the baby stick, all these uh, features for the baby stick, but we have one thing in mind, but we're always being told, Oh, I use it for this. I use it for that. And those experiences that really just enrich the experience of the baby. Right. Vance, back to you. I mean, in your original incarnation or inspiration for this, I mean, you were specifically looking for it to be able to tech, to tell people you were okay or where you were on your expeditions or anything else. I mean, how many applications now does this have that you never would have considered even back in the day? Yeah, so so many. It's it's great that you you essentially laid it out that take your phone and this very small one hundred gram bivy stick with you anywhere in the world, and you have the ability to communicate without cell service even. So with small sacrifice, 100 grams to carry around for the peace of mind of being able to save someone. So like just uh, two nights ago, someone went on an adventure and finished that and exposed themselves to danger. But it was on the drive home, they came upon a rollover and they activated their bivy stick uh, for rescue for that person. And again, 100 grams is small, but uh, there's so many things you can do now with it. With two-way messaging, it feels just like your normal text messaging app that you have on your phone. But then you share your location. You can get weather reports and uh, just has a lot of convenience for you and safety in the backcountry. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, the first thing I said when I saw this, and I, I just got my bivy stick yesterday, but I told my wife, I said, I said, well, I'm getting you one of these. And even if you just throw it in your glove box and fully charged and throw it in your glove box and we and we get on the, you know, the safety emergency plan, which is, I think, 17 bucks a month if you if you buy it at a year at a time. I said, I will be able to know that if something happens, if there is another, we had an earthquake here in 2018 that, like I said, knocked out a few of the cell towers. And then, of course, the cellular congestion basically made it, you, you, you maybe could make one out of three cell phone calls where I could have, if something had happened, you can reach out with your baby stick to me. I can reach out to you. If you could see the sky, we know we have connection. We could send texts. We can send emails. If there's an emergency, we can hit the SOS button and make sure that we trigger some kind of emergency response to where we are. I mean, for me, that's peace of mind. I mean, I'm 199 bucks for the bivy stick plus a, 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 the, the, the le- most affordable plan. The least plan is like 17 bucks a month. If you need it, You've got it. And I think that is what it gives us more than anything else is the peace of mind. I'm not climbing. If you've looked at me, I'm not hiking to the top of Mount Everest tomorrow, but I might drive to Fairbanks where I don't have any uh, don't have any cell service for, you know, a good 15, 20 mile stretch at a time. Or I might drive down to Homer where I don't have cell service for, you know, 10, 15 miles at a time. I may need that at the worst possible moment. Yeah, that's that's yeah, you're not we sell a lot of bivy sticks to people who are uh, using that exact thought process. So what they'll do many cases, too, is buy them for their kids and they send off to college in California or on the East Coast. And and they want to have that communication system set up just in case. And uh, it does it does give the peace of mind. And that's really the uh, uh, the reason. Go ahead, Suze. Oh, I was going to say, you know, that is exactly right. You know, my, uh, I like to think of my father-in-law because he's a huge bird hunter. He has this 
uh, bumper sticker that says trucker hunting is a disease. And given the opportunity, he would go out and trucker hunt every single day, but he can't because um, he is retired. But, you know, there's things to do around the house and whatnot, but he's able to get out a lot more because, my mother-in-law can reach out to him whenever she needs to. Right. And so where he used to just get in like two or three trips a year, now he's getting in several because he knows that she knows that she can reach him at any given time. And so, you know, again, that peace of mind goes well beyond just the user. Well, that goes back to Vance then. Vance can, does, does the wife let you out of the house a little bit more now that you have a bibby stick tied to your, to your rig? Exactly. It's, uh, it's, freedom for me it's a selfish purchase so <laughs> she likes it you know, because she can uh, keep in contact but it gives me adventure and uh, it's the one thing that that allows me to go out and in permission from her and the, the other beauty is that uh, it, it's so affordable now at $199 is so much less expensive than a satellite phone you know, sometimes it's nice to have voice connectivity, but um, more and more people just want to message each other. Like every now and then, you know, I go to my kids and say, did you know that the new iPhone has a fantastic new feature? It actually transmits voice now back and forth. <laughs> I can talk to you. You can hear it. You can talk back to me. And they're like, you're kidding, Dad. No, thanks. I'll just text you. Exactly. I'll just text you. That's the thing. But there, this thing is packed with features. Uh, I mean, Seuss. Not only is it small, it's about uh, it's about two inches by four inches, weighs 100 grams, like you said. It's got a battery life of up to five days if you're using it just at the 10-minute the ten minute pin drop setting, which means it drops a pin on your map every 10 minutes, up to five days of charge on, on a single thing. And you guys are constantly adding new features. So hit us with some of the features that set you guys apart from anything else that would uh, be in this space. Yeah. Yeah, I mean we we have we have the background of the um, program, the computer game background, so it allows us to have the engineers to be able to program new features. And so when um, when we were purchased by ACR Electronics, for instance, uh, ACR Electronics is very marine centric, and um, at the time we didn't have a marine weather report, and so that's something that we can do. We can go out and we can get a marine weather report. And, and it doesn't mean that somebody has to go out and buy a different device. We can go ahead and create these new fen- benefits and features, and then we can just send them out over the airwaves and and users can go ahead and utilize those benefits without having to shell out extra cash. Right. And you got it preloaded with maps, right? There's maps that are available yeah. of, of the people's locations. So we, have, we have downloadable maps. We have um, we have weather reports, downloadable maps. Um, you can do preset messages. You can send those all day long and as many as you want. Um, those are absolutely free. And then you can do customized messages through there and um, we have some more features that are just on the cusp coming out here in the future that we're really excited about, and we'll be likely on your show again to talk about those. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we were talking just before you guys came on about uh, emergency preparedness, because again, we just went through 
a huge like hurricane force winds in Wasilla and up in Fairbanks they had snow and ice and I mean they, they declared disasters for both areas in the state and of course people were concerned people were worried people were without power they're doing so people are talking again about anytime something like that happens they talk about well, what could we you know what should our emergency preparedness plans look like I think every emergency preparedness plan should include at least one bivy stick because again it allows you to communicate with those you love this stick will talk to not only other sticks but it'll you could send an email to somebody on a regular email address or send a text to somebody on a regular phone if you needed to from wherever you're at right i mean this is part of that is goes back to that peace of mind yeah absolutely and even more so if you send a message what happens is we give a a date stamp and a location and so the person who receives that message can click on that and it will automatically pull up a url a web page that shows where that person is and so they can actually watch from home where that person is tracking Right. And and what's going to happen with it? I mean, this is a fascinating piece of tech. Um, I'm super excited about it, like I said. Uh, And I think it's this is this is immediately going into my emergency kit. I'll be carrying this around with me all the time in my car kit in case I need it, uh, because that's what it's all about. Having that ability to communicate no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing. Um, uh, I want to, I'm coming up on the break. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you guys both to hold for just a second. We're going to go to break. And then when we come back, we'll kind of finish up a little bit. Uh, and then we're going to jump into the rest of the kind of, uh, what if, uh, well, it's Thursday. It's not what if Wednesday, but we're going to talk a little bit about some of the what if scenarios that we may be, uh, dealing with here in the future. We're t- talking with, uh, Seuss Edmondson. Uh, with Bivy and of course Vance Cook the founder of Bivy we're going to continue with them here in just a moment don't go anywhere the Michael Duke show common common sense liberty based free thinking I tell you I can't talk today all right back with more after this streaming live every weekday morning 6 to 9 a.m on Facebook live and michaeldukeshow.com it's like my brain and my mouth are not connected this morning. I don't know what's going on. Um, all right. We're in the break right now with uh, Seuss Edmondson and, uh, and Vance Cook. Uh, some questions in the chat room. Uh, I posted the link up to the Satellite West uh, website where the bivy information is, and you could find stuff there. You could find the local dealers. They're the ones that are going to give you a lot of good information. You can go in and check it out and hold it in your hand. Let's go back uh, to the uh, to the guests real quick um, and and talk about this. Um, Vance is I mean is this is this the kind of the ultimate expression of what your dream was, or do you see this going? Uh, further, do you have more? You know, I mean, you're the mad scientist out there stroking your beard, saying, "This is what I want." Is there, is there, is there more you're planning on doing? Sure. There's. Uh, we have a long product roadmap that's uh, coming out in future years. Nothing that's going to be coming out imminently, but we we have products that are going to get better. Technology is getting better. Satellite communication is getting better and cheaper and higher bandwidth and you know so we'll be we'll be part of that in the uh, future as well we're, we're very happy with the product that we have and we can continue to make it better every month with new software features that are added to it so we can expand and grow it as it is 
Well, that's good. I mean, I'm just impressed about, again, I'm impressed about how tiny this thing is. And I love the fact that you've got the, the, the antenna array has got the little hole in it. And I thought, well, that's kind of cool looking. Then I saw pictures on, on uh, some of the, some of the, 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 the product pictures where they, people just like snapped them onto carbiners and they got them hanging off their gear and stuff like that. And I'm like, Oh, that is cool. I mean, because I thought maybe it would be too delicate, but that's how you guys are showing it being, you know, tracked around. It's waterproof. It's weatherproof. It, it, uh, you know, it can it can put it outside on the edge of your snow machine or on your your handrail of your ATV or whatever. It's uh, it's pretty pretty well uh, ruggedized, right, Suze? That's right. It is a robust. Um, all of the entire device itself is sealed and so it, it has the ingress protection of IPX7. We also went through and we put it through a shake test. It has a, a MIL-STA um, vibration test rating on it. We've, we went through and tried to figure out what kind of theater this thing would be utilized in and um, and we tried to create as many scenarios as possible. But at the end of the day, we just needed it to be rugged and weatherproof so that anything that weather can throw at it, you know, the device will still work and will still get out those pings as needed. Right. Well, and that's the biggest thing. I mean, and I yet, think – go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, and the other thing, just to back up what you were talking about before, um, the other really, really great thing is now we're also made in uh, the United States. We're actually manufactured in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And because of that, because um, we have the manufacturing in the U.S., any time that uh, something new comes out, we'll be able to to react to that, you know, we're, we're partners with Iridium. Iridium is our satellite network that we utilize and we work closely with them. And, um, you know, we, we want to know what their future products are so that we can develop them and put them into ours. And, right. and one of the things that makes Bibby so unique is that we're so versatile and, and we're really quick and easy to, to, um, change up uh not only the software features but if we need to you know come out with a new device we have that capability because we're manufacturing in the u.s and, and we can control it right well that agility is important because we've all seen what's happened to the <clears throat> the long lag times with trying to do things overseas and in china and everything else exactly. and uh this gives you that uh, gives you that ultimate agility of being able to change things on the fly and i like the idea of coming out with some of these new uh, new features uh, that uh, I've gotten a little sneak peek of, and I think I think some of these things are going to be super cool, especially here uh, in Alaska. So hold the line, Seuss uh, and Vance. We'll be right back to you. Please uh, don't go anywhere. Uh, we'll continue. We're about to rejoin, folks. If you uh, if you haven't uh, if you haven't uh, checked this out, go out and check it out at satellitewest.com/bivy. Um, and of course, uh, make sure you like and follow the video, like and follow the show page. Here on YouTube this morning, make sure you hit the subscribe button and uh, and uh, and mash that bell so you get notifications when we go live. We're going to continue to talk about this and the emergency applications of it as we finish up with Vance Cook and Seuss Edmondson from Bivy, the Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Let's do this. Here we go.
All right, uh, we're back. Uh, we're kind of going through a what if segment. Uh, we started out right before the hour, top of the hour break, and then we brought on uh, the folks from Bivy, which is uh, uh, thankfully one of the newest sponsors here on the program. I'm, I'm kind of excited about it. Um, that this little piece of technology is going to give me that peace of mind. On the phone with us right now, finishing up, uh, is uh, Vance Cook, who is the founder and the creator of Bivy. Uh, the story, if you just missed it, he was up on Everest when they had a big earthquake, and his wife uh, kind of thought he died and uh, was really relieved, obviously, when he uh, when he got back. I'm sure he probably got beat a little bit about the head and shoulders for it. But he came up with this to save her any future pain on these kind of excursions. That's what the, the genesis of this was. We're also joined by uh, Seuss Edmondson, who is the marketing director for Bivy as well. So, guys, let's talk a little bit about this in the um, in you know general emergency preparedness and some of the ideas that uh, or areas where you have heard of this being used. Uh, to help people. Uh, Vance, you just mentioned uh, just this week, somebody went out and had a real, you know, danger, danger adventure. And they went, got through that fine, but it was on the drive home where they were able to use their bivy stick when they came across an accident. Any other, uh, you know, kind of emergency preparedness ideas that you can come up with uh, for how the bivy can help out? Yeah, there there are fortunately many cases where bivy stick has come in handy for people. We've had Hikers get up uh, high in the mountains, not planning on snow. They get stuck in snow, and they've been rescued. We've had people in accidents. We've had people get dehydrated and stuck. We've had people get lost. And uh, the the thing is, you don't know what you don't know when you're going out in the backcountry, and it's hard to plan for what you don't know. Right. So we that's why we teach everybody, you know, just just take it with you. Anytime you might be out of cell service. And again, at 100 grams and the tiny form factor it's in, uh, it's it's pretty small sacrifice, and it, it's convenient. And for emergencies, you uh, as you say, you can have that in your in your kit that uh, anything comes up. It's really inexpensive to have the device at 199 dollars the purchase, and then the cheapest plan on the basic plan annual is only 14.95 a month. So. Pretty small amount when you add it up for the ability to communicate anytime you need it, no matter what disaster right, comes up. Right. Almost everywhere in the country is susceptible to something, whether it's in the Midwest, East Coast, West Coast, or in the Rocky Mountains. Yeah. Well, I would say that the emergency that I was thinking of when I first saw this and I thought, I got to have one of these, is, uh, you know, I'm in hunting camp and we've run out of bacon. And so I got to tell somebody who's coming out to the camp to bring more <laughs> bacon, you know, so I can send the I won't I wouldn't send an SOS over that, but I would definitely send a text and an email to say, you best bring some more bacon out. Uh, Seuss, uh, any other ideas that you have as far as or, or stories that you've heard of from users with Bivy uh, in emergency situations, emergency preparedness kind of disasters? Oh, I'm sorry, Seuss. I apologize. I had Seuss on. I had Seuss on mute when I was trying to come back for the thing. I'm sorry, Seuss. Go ahead. No worries. No worries at all. Um, you know, the as far as it goes for SOS going out, um, I I don't have any really unique stories. It's just that every single one that you hear, you you really get 
and captivate. You, you get captivated by it because you can really resonate with it. You can really imagine yourself being in those situations. And so um, whenever we hear about an SOS, I, I immediately drop almost anything and try to get on there to figure out exactly what's going on, what the situation is, and, and how, how else we can help. You know, we, we talk with search and rescue teams. We, we talk with them about their practices and um, how they go out and do things, and we want to support that the best that we possibly can. And so often it's not so much that the SOS went off and we want to know what the situation is from the person. We want to know who is or how are they going to be rescued. What's the very fastest, easiest way to people to be rescued? My, my issue becomes when somebody goes and just sends out a, um, if they send out an SOS on just a different device, it just says, hey, I'm, I'm in uh, distress, somebody come get me. It doesn't give them details of, oh, I'm dehydrated, or oh, I'm lost, or any of this other stuff. And so what we want to do is we want to provide the search and rescue teams with as much information as possible so that they can be prepared for anything that... Um, the person who's in distress is experiencing. Right. And that just, that saves it. We had, um, it, the reason I bring this up is there was an article that was written about uh, a gal who had a broken leg. Her friend hiked out, went and got a ranger. The ranger hiked all the way back in, saw that she had a broken leg, and then hiked all the way back out to get the appropriate equipment. And, and we're taking that piece out. And they just need to know exactly there's a broken leg, this is where they're located, come get this person. Right, exactly. And so that's, that's what we tried to do. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, this is some amazing stuff. So I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm excited about it. I know you guys are going to be rolling out new features here in the near future. We'd love to hear about those as well. Um, we want to say thanks to both of you for coming on the program to talk about this. I think that whether you're talking about, you know, creating a preparedness plan or maybe you're just an avid snow machiner, hiker, hunter, biker, you know, soccer mom, whatever it is that you're doing out there, any time where you may be out of contact this is an affordable, useful device for all those folks out there, and I'm really proud. Uh, I'm really proud uh, to be able to have you guys on, and I'm proud that, uh, to say thank you for sponsoring the program. I appreciate both of you on that. So, Vance, any final words here before I let you go? No, just uh, happy to have you on. Alaska is one of my favorite places. I've spent a fair amount of time out there in the mountains. Uh, very jealous of you all there, but uh, delighted to be on the program. And happy to be a sponsor. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Vance, for coming on board. And, Seuss, you as well. Thank you for all the information. And we look forward to hearing from you here again in the near future on uh, any uh, any new updates or any new features that we need to know about. You know, give me the rundown, and I'll be happy to to give it out to folks and tell folks, uh, give them even more reasons why they should have a bivy stick. Terrific. Yeah, thank you for having us on. All right, we appreciate it. That is Seuss Edmondson and Vance Cook from Bivy. Uh, new sponsors on the program talking about the Bivy stick. Um, and, you know, somebody just said in the chat room, well, this is like a big infomercial. Well, yeah, kind of. Because why? Because they, I mean, these folks are sponsoring the program, but I got excited about this thing. Why? Because, I mean, well, I, I go out in Alaska. I mean, I'm not, I'm not the outdoorsman that I used to be when I was younger, but I still travel a lot. I, tra I travel plenty. And there are plenty of times when I look down on my phone and I realize I don't have any cell signal. Uh, in fact, it, I think it was a two times two times ago that I went to Fairbanks that uh, I had a I had a tire blowout in the middle of nowhere, and my first thought was, 
well, I got AAA. I can have somebody else come out and take care of it. And then I looked at my cell phone and realized, well, I first of all didn't really want to wait an hour for somebody to come change my tire. And secondly, I couldn't call anybody anyway because I was out of cell service. So I got out and did the fastest and longest tire change in the history of my life at uh, 27 below with wind chill. Uh, and But if I had really wanted to just sit in the car, I could have sent a text or an email with my bivy stick. And guess what? I would have been taken care of. And my wife, I mean, worried about my wife driving back and forth to Anchorage. If there's some kind of natural disaster, if there's an emergency, if she's in a spot where the cell, the cell phone congestion got too big, that would be a horrible thing. And having this in just in her glove box with the ability to pull it out and use it at any time, that makes sense. 199 bucks, 199 bucks and 14 bucks a month for the lowest plan. I think it's 45 bucks a month for the unlimited plan, meaning you can do anything you want with it, as many as you want, um, which, uh, again, is pretty cool. So anyway, I, I just wanted to have the guys up because, again, this is the what if segment, right? Let's go back to the let's go back to this. And I'm going to open up the phone lines in the next segment to talk about these kind of things. But here's the prepared. If you want to be prepared in a year, this is a good first step. Oh, I was going to post the uh, I've got the I've got the link. There's a link up at uh, Alaska's news source for the new plan from the Alaska Division of Homeland Security and Emergency Management about how you can do something each month. And within a year, you will be you will be prepared for any natural disaster. Uh, but again, the first one, number one on that list, is the communications plan, and uh, and I think that having this bivy stick in your in your hand, where you can avoid cellular congestion or down, you know, cellular down due to to, to emergencies, uh, and being able to communicate with each other, this is number one. So you know where everybody is. Number two is create an action plan. Number three is dealing with water. Uh, number four is your grab and go kit or your I guess bug out bag or whatever you want to call it. Five is important documents. Uh, six is having two weeks of stuff ready, food, medicine, supplies, everything you need. Fire safety is number seven. Utility safety is number eight. Uh, under the bed is uh, is the uh, is number nine, which is the stuff under the bed. Uh, drop cover and hold on, number 10, shelter in place, and the home hazard hunt. We're going to talk about all these here uh, as we go through, but this... Uh, this is some fun stuff. So thank you to Bivy for sponsoring the program, first and foremost. And if you want to find out more about this and you want to find out directly, you can go to SatelliteWest.com slash Bivy, SatelliteWest.com slash Bivy, or you can go check out, um, uh, or you can go check out the, uh, the dealers, the local dealers. The dealers are available uh, in various parts of the state, including Arctic Fire and Safety in, uh, in Anchorage. Uh, if excuse me, Arctic Fire and Safety in Fairbanks, safe and sound in uh, in Anchorage, Wasilla, and Soldatna, Radar Alaska in Kodiak, South Central Radar on the Spit in Homer, Communications North in Seward, and Lundy Marine Electronics in Dutch Harbor. So, kind of a cool piece of kit. Go check it out. You might like you might like you might like what you see, my friends. You might like what you see. We're going to be back here in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Phone lines are open up next. We'll talk a little bit more about this preparedness stuff, and we will get back with you here in just a moment.
We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these uh, entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Sorry, I got too many windows open here. I'm going to answer some questions. Uh, Close that right there. Move that over there. Okay. Now I can see everything that I was dealing with. Okay, so in the chat room, some questions uh, have popped up. Um, uh, Does it have a man down feature? It has an SOS button, and you can pre-program the SOS button to say a specific thing or do a specific thing. I Like I said, I just got it last night and I've installed the software on my phone and I played around with it a little bit last night. I have not set up my SOS settings yet, so I don't know how many, uh, you know, you can do it with. The question, the other question was, can you use the baby stick for more than one phone and use the same monthly plan? Well, I think you can, I think you can use the software and the, as long as you're using the same account, like if you wanted to use it on one phone and then you, you know, you were away and, uh, you know, maybe your wife wanted to use it for a while. I think you could probably do that, but I would, I mean, I'd have to check it out. I'll have to put it on my wife's phone and see if I can log into the same account on the other phone. Because basically the stick is registered to the account. And so I'm assuming that if you and your wife were, you know, if only one of you wanted to use it at a time, you probably could do that. Um, but I'd have to check that out. Uh, that would have been a good question for uh uh, for Seuss to uh, let us know about, but yeah, pretty freaking cool, man. Pretty freaking cool, and it's got a the the this one's got an Alaska based number. So if you send me a text at this number, it will pop up through the app onto my phone, which is also kind of cool. Um, so yeah, yep, kind of excited about it. As I said, uh, this new P- this new PDF uh, that they just put out from the Alaska Division of Homeland Security is uh, pretty good. Let me uh, see if I can. Uh... God dang it! I hate it when that happens. I just want outreach preparedness year before. Um, can I do that without downloading it? Can I do that without downloading it? Uh, anyway, let me just drop this here. You guys can go to the Alaska News Source page, and there's a link in the middle of the page uh, where you can download this PDF of this plan that they put out, which I think has got some pretty good information on it. So we're going to talk about. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, okay, what else is in the chat room? Just kind of excited. Okay. Um, great idea. Not the same unless the SOS can be set up to trigger based on. Uh, on on a known activity. It's a single button push to launch SAR. Search and rescue. Um, yeah, I mean, as you can see, it's at the very bottom of the, well, where's my camera here? It's at the very bottom of the unit. You can, you pull back that little, it's got a, like a waterproof flap on it and you push the button underneath. Um, uh, and you could preset it to do certain things, but it will drop your location and everything else. Um, like I said, I haven't set mine up yet, so I don't know exactly what I'm going to put in it, but there you go. Uh, you can go and find out more at satellitewest.com slash bivvy. Uh, only, yeah, it's only 14 bucks a month, fourteen ninety nine a month for the lowest plan if you buy it for a year. It appears thicker than a phone. Yes, it is slightly thicker than my cell phone. Slightly thicker, 
but it is, you know, it's a fraction of the size. Right there. There you go. Fraction of the size. And like I said, put a carbiner through this and then hook it to your backpack or to your gear, to your belt loop or wherever, and you've got it. You've got it right on you the whole time, and it'll run five days on a single charge, which is pretty cool as well. Okay, well, I'm done fanboying, I guess. I should fanboy more, but I guess I'm done fanboying over that. Looks like we got uh, one line on hold, and we'll go over there, get their name and where they're calling from so that we can return to the radio with them. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hi, Mike. Jeff from Homer. Okay. Break, man. All right, Jeff, hold the line. I'll be right. I'll be right back to you here. Don't go anywhere. You are number one in the queue. That is Jeff, uh, number one with a bullet here in the queue. Uh, let me pull back up here on this plan. Uh, the prepare in a year. Prepare in a year. Your number one thing. Prepare in a year. Your communications plan. You're separated from your loved ones. When your disaster strikes, your first thought will be about your family, their location and conditions. The stress of the event may make a difference uh, and make it difficult to remember even routine information. We recommend that every household member have an out-of-area contact card in a wallet, purse, or backpack at all times. Uh, that out-of-area friend should be your contact person. They should leave at least, live at least 100 miles away from you. And... Uh, Use different ways to do it. So they're basically saying have somebody that lives 100 miles away that you both can contact so that, you, so that they know you can contact the person outside and your, whoever else can contact the person outside, and they know that everybody's going to be able to go. You may be able to send text messages to your loved one on your cell phone. You may be able to, quick tip. Or you may be able to use your bivy to do that as well. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Well, let's jump. Let's jump into it. Here we go. Uh, Fifteen seconds out. Final segment of the show. Like and share. Let's do it. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. All right, welcome back to the program. Thanks for coming in and joining us. Kind of doing a little bit of a what-if segment. We were talking about this new emergency preparedness plan that the Alaska Homeland Security and Emergency Management had put out. It's got some good information, and coincidentally, the first thing that it talked about was uh, communications. That was number one, was a communications plan. Uh, in their little flyer here that they have, this little PDF that they've got, um, they say, quick tip, you may be able to send a text message to your loved ones on your cell phone. You may be able to, because we do know that, you know, like during the earthquake, sometimes the cell towers were damaged or down or overloaded, and you may not be able to do that. They suggested that you get a contact person, that uh, you should have an out-of-area friend or relative that lives at least 100 miles away from you. They can send messages to your family in the affected area and then reply back to you. And uh, that's a great thing to do. Uh, it's also even better if you and your family have, you know, satellite communications devices like Pivotel satellite phones or bivy sticks where you guys can all talk to each other directly without having to go through the 
uh, having to go through the uh, uh, the cellular towers or the over the lines, the pots, the portal telephone systems. I mean, that's uh, that's that's the good stuff. Uh, let's go over here to the phones and see what you have to say. Jeff is on the line in Homer. Jeff, what's on your mind? Well, I listened to you talk earlier about being prepared, and, and, and I was thinking about uh, being mentally prepared. It's one of the biggest things you have to be in a situation. You know, Like you said, you got out and changed your tire in, in quick time that you never would, never would think of doing that that fast if it was nice and warm out, you know, and you probably wouldn't panic. But 25, 30 below, yeah, you start getting tough. But you got to figure out if you're that tough is number one thing. If you're not, you need to start preparing yourself to get mentally tough. You're going to live. Calm down. People are going to hysterical, do stupid things, and they die. Almost 90% of the people that I ever found in the woods when I worked for the warden service and everybody else as a young man were in trouble because they were scared, you know, and they were edge of hypothermia, didn't know it. Um, they were scratched up. They were running through the woods, stuff like that. Um, you have, it, it doesn't matter if you broke down beside the road, you know, you have to have a plan. There's no question. Right. Carry extra blankets in your car and carry space right. blankets. And I carry sterno. I care. I'd be all the way. Right. I just build a fire and build me a little fort, whatever, you know, and no big deal, but you need to be mentally tough if you're going to survive a lot of this stuff. And then, then you got to go to, you know, the, the mass of people here, if we have an earthquake, say in Anchorage, uh, what a mess, you know, how many people are going to make it through that at 20 below or right. zero, you know, no, you're, you're without power. Yeah, so, you're 100% right on the know. mental, you know, mental preparedness is because most people think, you know, I think the most, the, the, the average person probably thinks, oh, it'll never happen to me whatever it is, some kind of disaster, some kind of emergency. And so they've never gone through the logical steps of, if this does happen to me, what will I do? Uh, so you have to be mentally prepared. You have to, you, again, you have to play the game of what if, that's what we're calling this. You have to play the game of what if this happens? What if there is an earthquake? What if the house catches on fire? What if there are hurricane force winds? What if, you know, whatever the blank, fill in the blank, and how would I deal with it? Because otherwise, if you're trying to, if you've never considered it before and you're trying to deal with it while it's happening, you're right. Your brain just goes into overload. Yeah. And, you know, you need to prepare for the worst and hope for the best is what you do. And you know, I, I had a friend of mine this year, he says, you know, if, if we were sinking in, in uh, out here and we're out 60 miles up, up the shoreline, the shoreline's right there, nice beach. He says, uh, would we make it back to Homer? I said, why would you even think that way? I would drive this boat right onto that beach for full force. They make boats every day, but we're going to get out of here. My phone works out here by Nanwalk, you know, in, in different places. So already, and, and we'll just make a call and get out of here. They said, but I'm not going to try to take a wounded boat, you know, that's in bad shape and going down. We can't pump the water. I'm going to drive it on the beach. We're going to get out of the boat. We're going to get out of the water. <laughs> First thing we're going to do. Right. We're going to take our survival gear and get on board. We're going to go and make a fire. We're going to eat, you know, we're going to be fine. All right. So um, it, it's, it's how you think. And if you don't have that mental capacity to think, you can get in some trouble. And, and anybody can get in trouble. I mean, you know, you roll over on a crab boat and it takes two minutes to roll over a minute. Uh, you don't have much time and right. not many people live, you know, through that. So it, it's, um, you know, and, and I've, I've, so many people 
you know, what are you doing a tsunami, you know, uh, when you're out in the ocean? Well, it's a lump hits deep water. It's just a lump there. When it hits up on the beach, that's where it rises up. It comes yeah. out of that 450 feet of water under the spit. It's going to rise up on the spit, take everything up to the end of the bay, and wash it back. Right. So, you know, so somebody said, well, we can stand a 12-foot wave. I said, do you know what a tsunami is? Because they <laughs> stay down there. Right. And they go, no. And I said, look it up. There's some real good video. Yeah, you'll It'll take that spit out in ten seconds. Yeah, you won't. You know, you won't. They, you you better get to much higher ground than that at that point if you're not if you're not doing it for sure. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, all right, you need to be prepared with knowledge of Alaska in all these things. You know, and and when you hear a horn a horn go off and sword or wherever you are, uh, get the heck up up the side of the mountain somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> you know? absolutely. So, all right. Well, hey, thanks uh, thanks so much for calling in this morning, Jeff. I appreciate you being part of it. And uh, and uh, I look forward to uh, talking to you again th- uh, soon. Thanks so much. Uh, 433-3150, the Pivotel call in line if you'd like to sound in this, uh, sound off this morning and uh, call in and give us uh, your thoughts on uh, anything that's happening. Uh, again, talking about uh, what if I'm going to post this, uh, I'm going to post this uh, PDF up on my Facebook page as well, if my Facebook page is still working. Um, and... <laughs> You can, you could find it. This, this, uh, this, this is a good little handy planner, though. It basically lines out all the different things and potential threats you could be facing. I mean, in Alaska, avalanches have killed a lot of people in Alaska, so that's a that's a good thing. Earthquakes uh, between 2014 and 2020, anchor uh, the uh, state of Alaska experienced seven, uh, excuse me, six 7.0 or greater earthquakes. Alaska experiences more earthquakes per year than the entire lower 48 combined. Um, The Good Friday earthquake back in 1964 was the second largest earthquake ever recorded. Flooding. Flooding is another one. Landslides. We saw what happened down in uh, southeast here. Was it last year when uh, the the landslides and the the mudslides uh, just destroyed homes? And we lost two people. There was two people that got killed. They never did find them uh, that were at home. Severe storms, tsunami that Jeff was just talking about, volcanoes. We've got more active volcanoes than, than I mean, like 40 different active volcanoes, wildfire. Um, and then, of course, you've got things that uh, nobody wants to talk about, hazardous materials and radiological risks and everything else. These are all things that you can keep in mind when you're putting these things together and planning for what you need to do. Uh, let's go back over to the phones here on the Pivotel line. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Morning, Mike. It's Lee out at Denali. Hey, Lee. Just wanted to say you got a good show going on with a lot of good information, and particularly uh, Jeff hit on all the high points uh, to remind people that, hey, if you don't know where you're at, you better figure it out. If uh, there's an emergency and you're not prepared, then they're going to refer to you as a statistic. But uh, one of the key factors I keep running into is that the unprepared always have an expectation for the prepared to take care of them. Now, here's a good example. Uh, whenever you've got folks that uh, are without power and you've got gin sets and so forth, and, I mean, this just happened in the interior going back in December, you want to try and take care of your neighbors. But when you got 50 neighbors that all have a need because they didn't prepare early and they want to come over and borrow all your equipment, at some point in time, even though it's painful, you got to say no. Right. Because your preparedness and your survivability is tied to keeping what you have and not giving it all away to everybody else that failed to prepare. 
Right. And I think that's a lesson that our Alaska Department of Emergency Services could learn and start telling everybody because you and I both know it's just a matter of time when another major event hits. And right now we've had an influx of uh, folks that are just simply not prepared for the mindset to survive here. Right. And, again, thank you for bringing it up, man. It's a good topic, and I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate it, uh, Lee, for sure. No, I agree. I mean, again, this is the problem. That I think this is goes right back to what Jeff was talking about, that mindset. You have to mentally prepare. Uh, do I have a few things that I can help my neighbor neighbors with? Yes. Is it an infinite supply? No. Will I endanger my family to help somebody else? Probably not, because I took the time to prepare, and they didn't. And as much as I hate to say it, you know, you could help to a certain point, but at some point, it's going to be, it's on them to take care of themselves. You can only, you know, when you're, again, when you're doing things that are detrimental to your own health, safety, and survival to help other people, that can only go on for so long before you got to call a halt to it. And that's a mental thing more than anything else, because that'll be mentally hard, because we, I think we're built as human beings, most of us. Those of us that aren't sociopaths, we're built to want to help other people. And uh, that's going to be the difficult part uh, for sure. Lots of good information here, though. I'm going to find a link. I'll I'll find the link and post this up on uh, my Facebook page. If you want to get a look at this uh, little PDF, 24-page PDF from the uh, state of Alaska, it's got some good info in it. We're going to continue tomorrow with Firearms Friday. Thanks for coming in and joining us. Thank you to Pivotel and thank you to Bibby for sponsoring the program, both of them, especially our new dealers, Bibby there. We appreciate that. We'll see you tomorrow, folks. Be kind, love one another. Have a great day. Okay, my friends. Well, that's a good stuff. I mean, I was I feel good about it. now. I'm gonna go play with my toy here. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna get. I didn't get a chance to get into it last night to program some of the stuff, and I'm gonna get in and do all that. And uh, I'll report back to you the chat room later on. With a cool little thing here. So, all right. Well, hey, I love you guys. Thanks for coming in. We look forward to talking to you tomorrow for Firearms Friday, the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio.
shed our terrestrial radio skin. And now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. <laughs> 